do this. So fuck yes. Welcome to After the Hype. I'm your host, always Brian Dressel. With me as always, Jonathan Hartsky and Emily Blake. Yo. Yo. I just totally steamrolled over John this week. Thanks. It's because right. I'm more exciting. You are. I was gone for two episodes. You were. Special guest this week. We have sitting in uh, friends of Sam. She recommended that we bring these two people on. So if they're terrible, make sure you message Sam. Uh, totally, <laughs> totally joking. Uh, we have Kyle and Michaela. I already forgot the last names again, even though I've asked three times this morning, and I'm the worst. We have Kyle Anderson, Anderson, and, and Michaela Newsom. Mm-hmm. There we you go. I, Anderson Newsom. As soon as I get the first one, I know I can get the other yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for joining us this oh, thank week you for us. to talk about a movie that maybe half of you liked. Um, uh, we'll talk about it <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, before we get too far into anything, though, I think we should do a "Where Have You Been Doing?" Uh, I can go first. I have been playing. Uh, let's see, which game do I want to talk about? Uh, I'll go with Tetris Effect. I've been playing Tetris Effect. Um, I never thought I'd ever spend $40 on a Tetris game in my 30s. Uh, I thought I got that out of my system when I was a child with my Game Boy. But uh, I can honestly say this is the definitive version of Tetris. And if you've ever even thought you might want to buy another version of Tetris, this is the one. Especially if you have PSVR. If you don't have a PlayStation VR, it still works. It's still great. It's still awesome. But with virtual reality, it is the best experience of Tetris ever. Uh, the, and I'll explain it as quickly as I can so we don't waste too much time on it. But basically, they integrate emotion and music into Tetris in a way that I didn't think physically possible. So every time you move a brick, it's percussion or it's strings or it's something. And you wouldn't think that with your phonetic moving that it would actually line up with music, but it does. And I don't know how they did it, but it's fucking incredible. Like, it is so unbelievably good. And then when you have the sensory deprivation of VR and headphones and you just have everything swirling around you while you're playing Tetris, it is one of the coolest experiences I've ever had with my PlayStation. I cannot recommend the game highly enough. Uh, totally worth the 40 bucks. And if you ever get it on, I'm sure there'll be Christmas deals where it'll be like 20 because people just want to get it out there more. Uh, buy it. Buy it as soon as you can. VR, no VR, whatever. It's awesome. Uh, John, what about you? So I finished Persona 5. Woo! Uh, oh, yeah. Just the night before recording this. Um, wow, what a fun game. I found a favorite. Yeah. And I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe that some uh, that it could be, that it could, you know, live amongst games like, you know, Mass Effect and other ones that are just up there. And it's like, it. it's really well done. What, what was your final uh, playtime? 109 hours, I think. That sounds about right. Yeah. Games are not short. No, it, it takes a lot of your time and... Especially since a lot of that time was being in high school, being average at exams, and like trying to date my teacher. <laughs> Which, all the while, fighting shadow demon monsters in people's minds to yep. steal their hearts to turn them good and reform society. Mm-hmm. Did you ever come across the giant dick monster? Yes! Yeah. The, the dick in the incisor wheelchair thing yeah. with, with his like uh, little mini dick partners. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a game. <laughs> <laughs> it is a hell of a game and very anime in the like in the best possible ways. Yeah, where you have a cat crushing on a girl. What? (laughs) Lady on. Shut up. Yeah, it's really fun, and I'm a fan of JRPGs in general, but this just is such a neat way to look at it. And especially after coming off of the real big disappointment of Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, trying to play them the other way around doesn't work. No, like, where where Final Fantasy XV was trying to reinvent what they were doing, and this just felt like it did that to JRPGs in general, and it made it look easy. Yeah, it was kind of like Final Fantasy was trying to reinvent the wheel, and Persona's like, no, the wheel works fine. The you wheel just works have to fine. do it right. Yeah, and they did it right. Yeah, and just it's it was so cool, and 
really fun. Emily, what about you? I had jury duty this week for two days. So, do you recommend people try jury duty? Uh, I mean, it was interesting. <laughs> there were interesting people. At least um, you had that. I got a cold because there were fifty-three other people in that room, and one of them probably <laughs> didn't cover their mouth when they coughed. Um, a lot of old men um, in there. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So because I had, that's not what I'm recommending. I'm not talking about jury. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was reading the whole time I was in the jury room, which was interesting because we were forced to turn off our devices, and I was the only one of 45 or 54 people, and I was the only one who brought an actual physical book. So it was pretty exciting for me. Everyone else was really bored. Did they tell um, you beforehand that don't you're not? Well, you, be able to when use you're it? in the courtroom, you have to turn them off. But oh, they okay. not in the jury room. But like when you're in the courtroom, sometimes they leave you alone to go sidebar, but you're not allowed to talk because the court reporter has to hear what they're saying. Oh. So like you just you have to stare into space and be alone with your thoughts. And I was like, ha ha! I brought a book. Um, That's a horrifying prospect. <laughs> I <can't. laughs> alone with my thoughts. My thoughts are mean <laughs> at me. Yeah. <laughs> so the book. Remember that embarrassing thing you did uh, ten years ago? <laughs> Isn't <laughs> now it? Now you're thinking about it. Yeah. Relive it. <laughs> Detail, vivid. Um, uh, now, uh, the book is called Heroin Complex by Sarah Kuhn or Kuhn. I'm not sure how you say her last name. K-U-H-N. Um, it's really, really good. And I'm quite enjoying it. I'm almost done because thanks, jury duty. Um, and uh, uh, what was fun was there's like no sex scenes at all until I got to jury duty. And I cracked the book. And the first scene I read was this really steamy, hot sex scene. And I was like, oh, my God. This is the wrong place. You know? <laughs> Isn't it weird to um, read that sort of stuff when you're around people? Yeah, you're like, right. oh. It's like, um, they're going to know what I'm reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're somehow um, going to see the words and be like, yeah. they're reading a porno scene. Um, so uh, it's about a, uh, there's a super, it's a world where there's San Francisco and uh, there are superheroes. and um, But the main story is about the superhero's personal assistant. And um, she's kind of always lived in the shadow of the of the hero. And then we come to find out she actually has powers of her own, but she's sort of suppressed them because she doesn't want them and she doesn't want to be the center of attention. And so it's about, I love stories about people living up to their potential. And that's what this is very much. Someone who's never thought she was worth all that, you know, discovering her own potential. And um, it's it's really, really enjoyable book. Reads really quickly. Cool. Yeah. Kyle, what about you? Uh, so I've been I've been reading One Piece. All year. I don't know if you guys are familiar with One Piece. I'm not. It's like I've a, heard of it. Yeah. Well, you've got the the Uchiha symbol. Oh, yeah. Naruto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's very much in that same yeah. realm. There's a, there was, All the Shonen Jump stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's like a ninja versus pirates thing going on. Uh, <laughs> yep. We have here represented the ninjas. I'm pointing to John. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Which one um, was better? Which one won that culture the, war five, uh, ten years ago? I never knew what the logo on John's hoodie was, and I've seen that hoodie for like yeah, seven years. Everyone so has confused it for Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, all right, I cool. thought it was a Pokemon. That's what I thought yeah, too. I was yeah. thought it was like a shitty it Pokemon was, it logo. Plus, well, generational, so it's like, okay, you're over a certain age. You think it's Pepsi? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm reading the pi- I'm reading like the pirate Shonen Jump manga, and it's called it's called One Piece. Um, it's all about following your dreams. It's about <laughs> this, this guy who. Uh, he's actually like a 17-year-old kid, and he decides he's going to be the king of all pirates. And he goes on this massive journey 
when I say I've been reading it all year, I think they're on chapter 926. Yeah, yeah, let's go for I'm on chapter 757 right now. I was afraid you'd say seven. That is so weird that you mentioned that. I'm a slow reader. That is so weird that you mentioned that, because there was kind of a bit of uh, snobbishness on my end from the Naruto. It's like, oh, it's ninjas. They're so they're so different. Mm-hmm. And like he's a kid, a 17, like a little kid who wants to become the king of ninjas. So like yeah. I, they're the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the, basic, They're basically the same concept. <laughs> yep. But one of them is pirates and the other one is ninjas. Um, and I've, I've been really enjoying One Piece. It's like, like there's some really deep stories in there. Like there's some deep concepts. Good luck convincing anyone else though about that. Like, I know. Where do you find it? Um, I just I just read it online. You can it's go, online? You can go to the library and just order them <laughs> if you want. Yeah. Like they're, like they're pretty readily available. Okay. I think, it's the, I think it's the best selling of all time right now from wow. Shonen Jump. It's outselling. It's outsold Dragon Ball at this point. Wow. Oh, so it's, pretty, it's pretty big. It's yeah. pretty it's big. It's really big. No one reads it in America from what I understand. But well, I'm proving that norm. Everywhere else they're reading it. So I've been into that and um, I'm still almost 200 chapters behind. So It's daunting. You know, Speed up, someone's man. Gonna, someone's going to spoil it for me. <laughs> what happens next? But it's been good. Uh, Michaela, what about you? Okay, so... I'm fun employed right now, so I have a lot of time. And I have been binge listening to murder mystery podcasts. So the one that's my favorite, Sam hates with a passion. Um, (laughs) It's called My Favorite Murder. So it's like, I don't even have to plug this because it's a really big podcast and I'm just late to the game per usual. Because one of my friends were like, how do you not listen to this? So now I have listened to literally like six hours a day of murder mysteries. Nice. Um, So I can now just bring up murder in just the randomest conversation. I'll be like, you guys heard of the Lululemon killer? You guys heard of this killer? Like, it's just, it's amazing. Do you feel like you're learning how to be a detective? I feel like... Or a murderer. I feel like I'm prepared, which is why the ballpoint hammer will come into the conversation later. Do you think you'll ever become the king of detectives? (laughs) Yes, I will. Or like the queen of murder mysteries, you know? Like we just... The new murder she wrote. Exactly, yes. That's exactly what I could be. I can sit around and talk about Ted Bundy all day and Ed Coon, and it'll be a great time. And he'll catch all of those. Like you'll, you'll be able to do it because you we'll can think like the murderers. Exactly. Yeah. I just feel so much more prepared now. I'm like, okay, well, this is how they murdered the last girl. They're not going to get me, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. I get in my car. I lock the doors real fast. I'm ready. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think we should get started on today's movie. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about today's movie. <laughs> today's movie is You Were Never Really Here. Uh, it is directed by Lynn Ramsey, who, if you know, you will definitely have an opinion one way or the other on. And I think that's what this episode will be. It's Lynn Ramsey, uh, from what I've known of her from her first movie, Ratcatcher, is very divisive. I don't know a lot of people are like, yeah, that was fine. Most people are, that sucked or that was awesome. And I think this movie around the table will be pretty much the same. And we'll see if we can swing anybody over to one side or the other. Uh, Not gonna happen. <laughs> we'll see. I might be. Uh, you might be able to convince me it was horrible. I. I oh, that might happen. It might. There's I, no way you're gonna convince me this was a good movie. John I, has an argument that he's already told me that was pretty excellent. Uh, but we'll get to there, right. and, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to it. But first, before we do any of that, we have to do a breakdown, 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 where Michaela is gonna tell us everything that happens, and you were never really here in a grand total of thirty seconds. Michaela, do you think you'll be able to do this? I do. I believe in myself. Okay. Because there's no plot. <laughs> there's, there's a plot. So much there's plot. A plot. There's, there's like no plot. 
You were just coming out of the gate swinging. I, I, I have to disagree with you. There's definitely a plot. Oh, we're going to get into definitely it. Definitely a plot. You might not like the plot, but there is a plot. But first, you ready to go? Ready? You ready to go? I'm ready. Let's do this. You were never really here in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. Okay, so we open up. There's a guy. He's in a man bun. It's very hipstery, but he's doing it. Um, so we find out he's an assassin. You don't really know. Is he an assassin? Is he a killer? You find out he's actually like this guy who rescues kidnapped people, but he likes to murder in the process. He's still a great son, really nice to his mom, clearly had some childhood abuse. He has a weird thing where he likes to inhale in plastic bags. Pretty sure he's trying to kill himself, but that's beside the point. Um, so he finally shows up to his new jobs. Also, he likes to eat jelly beans. I will bring jelly beans and murder back to And you're out of time. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of detail. It's really tough to say there's a plot when you don't even get to the beginning of the plot. You're just ruining my argument from the get-go. Oh, damn it. The plot of the movie is Joaquin Phoenix is super sad. He is super sad. And there's there's lots of there's jelly bean eating. He rescues this little girl who's who's clearly been through a lot and needs some therapy. Well, both uh, of them are. We're have not been getting her it. therapy though, because she's providing okay, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So let's do a quick hot take around the table. Who okay. likes it, who doesn't? I thought it was fantastic. I loved it, but I'm also very, very partial to Lynn Ramsey. I, I like her style, so it's gonna be tough to get me not to like something she directs. So I know I'm coming in bias. John? Uh, it's one of those movies that I enjoyed after thinking about it some more. Um, so when I first watched it, like I wasn't necessarily enjoying it while I was watching it, but then as I kind of thought about it afterwards and talked about it and realized kind of what she was doing and some of those decisions, and based off our uh, discussion earlier, I do appreciate it. Okay. So I'm a little bit more lukewarm than you on it. Cool. But I appreciate what it was doing. I loved it. <laughs> I hated this movie with every fiber I'm being. Every minute of it, I was angry. Angry. There's a note in my list of notes that says, fuck you, Brian. Yeah, for she told me, me as it. she wrote that. Yeah. Um, I don't apologize. <laughs> I was so like, oh, I made a terrible decision. This movie's going to suck. That's I feel awful. I can't understand. I'm looking forward to finding out why people like it other than because there's good camera work. I don't have another reason. I didn't even think the camera work was that good. Oh, so yeah. okay. we'll get to that. Wow. Uh, Kyle, right. what about you? Uh, so I, I'm actually I probably fall into the it's fine category. Yeah. I, Ooh, a rarity. I, uh, <laughs> I thought the performances were great. I thought I thought it was technically a really great movie. Um, but I, I kind of like when it was over, I kind of just went back to my life. <laughs> you know, like, I, I didn't really do much. From you can me see that on the back. cover of a DVD. When yeah. it was over, I went back to my life. <laughs> <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> And Michaela? I would give it like two and a half stars. Okay. Um, because I guess nothing's wrong with it, but like the plot is weird. I don't get enough background info. I want I want to know what's going on. I didn't know what's going on half this movie. Um, it's just a lot of people who need therapy, but show you, you can still be a good son, you know, through your murder. You can be a good son when you need therapy. <laughs> yeah, through your murder. <laughs> Um, so the, I think the, the best place to start on this thing is going to be with what I consider the thing it does the best, and then we can move into whatever Emily thinks it does the worst, and then we'll move in, <laughs> we'll circle around. We'll kind of oscillate in between. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of jump between what we like about it, what we don't like about it, and I think every problem or praise we have will come to come to surface naturally. We'll see if this works. Um, the thing that I think the movie does the best is that it shows emotion, and I think the, the whole point of the movie is to show 
emotion. So the story isn't necessarily like the guy who's going to save the girl. The story is all about his emotional arc from suicidal to still suicidal. But it's just yeah, it's a crazy big arc. Lots it, of changes. But it, but it is because in the beginning of the movie, he is just literally going through the motions and keeping his mom well ish like basically just making sure she's not dead like doing the most he can to make sure that she's comfortable he's maintaining his tethers to the world yeah and then by the end of the movie he even fully admits at one point that he doesn't give a shit about his job he's paid to go do the job and then he'll go do the job and by the end of the movie he realizes that the only person in the world with value isn't necessarily just his mom and agrees to go save the girl, even though he doesn't really care about her. But he has the arc of there is humanity, which he had lost when he gave the child the candy bar when he was at war. And then the other kid shot that kid and stole the candy bar, which just ruined him for essentially the rest of his life. And it took that moment of, I'm going to kill myself because nothing in the world has value. And oh shit, it does. And that was the arc. So he still doesn't think that he has value, but he's acknowledging that the world has value. And you get that throughout the entire thing of just, emotion because you never really get story you have to piece together the story on your own so it does involve a lot of like engagement from the audience which is what lynn ramsey is known for like she is so good at giving you something that it's not going to be on the surface you have to do some work with the movie and that's if you're familiar with her and you sit down with it you're expecting it and if you're not it's kind of a slap in the face um and this is probably her most Probably her biggest movie besides we need to talk about Kevin. But that one had the same thing where you had to kind of fill in a lot of gaps on your own. And that's what I thought the movie did so well was just show emotion on screen without blatantly telling you what these emotions are. And as far as like what's interesting about that is that feels accurate. Like as I approach these things that deal with like characters trying to kill themselves or suicide, uh, there's a level where it kind of becomes fake or you can kind of tell like the artifice kind of ruins it. Mm-hmm. Or you can kind of like, oh, you're not being honest here. And because the whole thing is so so rooted in his emotional state, the fact that he goes from suicidal to suicidal, there's a difference there that like I can immediately pick up on because it's not yeah. as, exactly as suicidal. And the shift in the formula is a little bit different. Like you'd still probably just stand or water if you could, but something changed a little bit. And so you can kind of maintain little tethers and stuff like that. I don't know. It's like... It was is his worldview changed. It wasn't yeah. his it wasn't his personal view. He still thinks he's worthless. Yeah. Because you never, you never not think you're worthless. Yeah, in the, with that type of mentality. Uh, Emily, did you like any of that, or no? None of that worked for you. I mean, there were some very interesting shots in this movie. That obviously <laughs> the people involved went to film school. That much is clear. I don't think they did. Well, they studied. I they just, I, yeah, they just work. <laughs> they in definitely, film. yeah, yeah. They, they, they definitely know how to move the camera to the point where there weren't any not creative shots in this movie. Mm-hmm. Every single shot was a trick shot. And I started to be like, oh my God, can I just get an over the shoulder? <laughs> like, and it doesn't, when every single shot is clever, then nothing is clever. Because I have so much context not, now to that tweets, those tweets you did. Yeah, I was so frustrated watching this movie because I was like, can we just, it's okay to have a scene where two people are just like in frame, you know, like you can do a shot that's conventional. It's okay, save your... The movie we're talking about next week did an excellent job of that, and 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 I think that uh, oh, really? I'm a polar opposite. Oh wow, Boy, I thought the next fun. next week's movie is shot like garbage. I oh hated wow, it. are we disagreeing? Okay, <laughs> this, this, this is interesting. This, inter- this is um, interesting because I feel like it's a good time to, as any to bring the earlier discussion that Brian and I had. Yeah. that like the older um, Godard films did this very like did this exact same thing. I feel like she was cribbing on that a lot of this genre from that's anti-genre yeah this kind of this movie that's actively pushing against any of the things you'd expect from a hitman trying to save a girl from like 
traffickers. Yeah. Like you never see his the violence he acts on someone directly. Right. And in some cases you never actually see it. You miss it. The editing edits around it. The because whole movie, we needed 800,000 shots of Joaquin Phoenix looking sad. <laughs> right. Yes, I, you do. I. That's I, not a movie. It, it, it totally is a movie. He's looking sad or we're doing inserts for like 50% of this fucking movie. Yeah, that's how the story was told. Yeah, I, I don't to- like it. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> well, and that, I think that's what adds to that the divisiveness because um, that's how all of Godard's films are. Yeah. And they get worse at that or better at that or worse depending on who you are over time yeah there was one i watched that was just like it was all subtitled but he didn't include subtitles in the movie yeah. so you're just like l- trying to figure out language yeah. as you do this and it was yeah. like oh I, i've been trolled but this seems more directed at like telling trying to get that emotional arc and just not caring about the stuff that is just so cliched in these movies to begin with like okay. here's the girl here's the, poli- the corrupt politicians who gives a shit about that because it's the same thing well let's talk about the emotional arc that you guys describe so eloquently as he goes from sad to a different kind of sad <laughs> He is sad and angry the entire movie. He never does anything other than sit around and wallow in his sadness. But if, Except if, if when that was true, he people. would have let the girl die. If that was... Well, w- see, okay, that brings me to my next point. The girl is a sex slave. Let's not forget that. She mm-hmm. is a sex slave. Yeah. And every time we see her on screen, she's beautiful and ethereal and magical. And she saves him. I didn't get that She at does all. all the fucking emotional labor for him. Like, he spends the entire movie... His mom dies. The, this girl's in trouble. Even in his flashbacks, every because we have no B story, it is all with him. So we never see anything but his perspective. And his perspective is, woe is fucking me because the people around me are suffering and therefore I feel really bad about myself. This girl is a sex slave, but the whole story is about how saving her is going to save him. Mm-hmm. It's not about, he doesn't want to save her. He wants to save himself. And that was really bothering me. I didn't get that at all. I don't I think did. he wanted to I, save himself. Yeah, if he yeah. didn't shoot, if he hadn't shot himself in his ma- imagination in the diner, mm-hmm. I would agree with you. But by showing that, he didn't want to save himself. He wanted to save her. He knows that he is worthless. Like that's by having him kill himself in the diner. They are blatantly saying he didn't grow, but he admitted that other people need to, and that he needs to save other people. I don't think there's a distinction there. Like when he's drowning himself and he sees her, he's like, "Oh yeah, right. I gotta live so I can save her." But it's not about her. It's still about himself. That I moment is still about himself if, finding a reason to live, and not about the need to save a girl. It's it, about like, "Oh right, that beautiful floaty girl who's all sex slave," which is not. A beautiful innocent gorgeous thing that you know i just i have real problems with that i yeah but i still you're i i totally disagree with the the him wanting to save himself because he essentially is still wanting to kill himself he doesn't care about saving himself he cared about saving her if they didn't have that shot where he shot himself in the head totally out of the blue i would a hundred percent agree with you that that was what it was also also a quick call out to the scene after he shoots the two fbi agents in the in the ground floor and then he holds the guy's hand and and like die like dies with him like there's yeah. that scene like i don't know that, that scene that throws kind of a weird little wrench on the whole like i don't know there's it, it adds more to that i think it kind of muddies that just from being I, I think there's too many moving pieces to say that it's just about saving the saving himself there's too many other things where I, he, he's I shown because they they show it left and right like constantly that he doesn't care about saving himself but you, he cares about saving i don't his... think we're making a di- I, I i think you're misunderstanding my point okay i'm not talking about like he's like oh i have to live i'm saying like everything <clears throat> in this movie is about him wallowing in his sadness and it's not about anyone else but him 
It's about his, like, because we don't have a B story, we never see this girl's perspective. We only see everything through his eyes. So everything is about his own needs. Even when he's saving the girl, it's about himself. It's all about himself. And I just didn't care for that because we have a, once again, we have a girl who's essentially fridged. Not entirely, but like she doesn't get a lot of agency. We only see her being sort of like misty and, and except when she, even when she's murdered people, she's just still like, oh, I'm, I'm artsy and interesting. And I just, and, I, and I in so the end, in the what, end what, what, like what? he only comes around because she shows up and goes, everything's fine. No, it's not. She's a, she's just escaped from sex slavery. It's not fucking fine. And he's but like, of course well, it's not fine. It's going to be great. Cause uh, he's broken. Yeah. He is a broken man and he should not be with her. And I'll tell you something about that shot, that gunshot scene. Uh, I literally, I was so tired of watching him wallow the entire movie. So like, I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm yeah, we get it. And then in that scene in the diner, when he was sitting there and she walked away, I was like, uh, he was wallowing again. And I was like, oh, just fucking put a bullet in your brain. And then he pulled out his gun and he did. And I started laughing hysterically. That is a true story. I'm so glad I didn't watch this with you. <laughs> Kyle, Michaela, what do you guys? Yeah, yeah. What do you guys? Um, so I do agree with you with the fact that I think it's all about him and his wallowing and they do kind of frame the girl as this pretty ethereal thing, which is not a good depiction of sex work at all or of how you would go through that process. But then I think... Two, they did give the girl a little bit of agency because at least she kind of saved herself. Yeah, you know, that, you know what? Yeah. That is the one part yeah, of the movie I Yeah, she liked. saved herself, and then he came and was like, "Oh," and I felt like he wallowed more when she saved himself when she mm. saved herself because he was like, "Oh, well, now I don't get to murder him, and I don't get to fix it. She fixed it, and it's like this whole, you know, his arc is kind of like suicidal, homicidal, suicidal, um, and he picks very melodramatic ways to kill himself, which is odd, just because." In general, like, if you're going to really think about it, that's not how men kill themselves. They don't Virginia Woolf it in the lake with rocks in their pockets, you know? Like, they're all very melodramatic ways that made it very artsy and cute when it's like, actually, if he really wanted to do it, he is an assassin. He has tons of weapons. But the argument can be made there that he's never actually going to kill himself. Yeah, yeah, you and, could. And that's the, mm-hmm. I think that's the point because he does all these super, like yeah. like the, the teenager, like I'm going to kill myself and make a show of it, which means he doesn't really have the gumption to do it. He just wants to and is a mm. coward and never will. I think the fact that he's a coward plays a lot into this movie. Like he wants to be the hero. He wants to do this. When those get taken away from him, it's like, well, then what, what am I here for? Exactly. He's kind of like a big man baby. And yeah. he does a lot of crying and a lot of whining. And you're like, okay, well, now what are you going to do? Like, what is the next step? And I feel like with the way the movie's shot, I just, and I know that you're saying she kind of does that on purpose where you don't get much background information yeah. and you just get those weird flashes of like, this is why he has issues. But, um, I don't know. It just like left me being like, okay, you know what it almost reminded me of? Did you ever see the movie Hard Candy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it reminded me of a less like like if Hard Candy wasn't so good, like if we took Hard Candy down three notches, because Hard Candy at least I felt like, mind you, I watched it when I was young, so maybe it was just like I really liked it back then. But I felt like you got, you still had to do some work, you still had to do some thinking. It was artsy, but you kind of got the overarching like story plot versus his. You're like, okay, I think I get it. There's the candy bar scene, and there's these girls that are dead in in a storage unit, sure. and there's some things happening, but it's like you're still trying to kind of put it together. It's interesting because like uh, when I watched Hard Candy, I thought they told me too much. Really? I'm like, I wanted to make some of these leaps on my own, and I feel like you're leading me by the collar a little too much. And it's like, I feel like I could have done this on my own. And I, and I think that's kind of what ends up winning me over on this movie a little bit is just the, it's kind of asking me to do a little bit more 
Yeah. And, and I think what, what that's leading is it's giving me some wildly different interpretations than other people and trying to kind of navigate that too. Because there's some things that are just so anti what you would want out of this, but the way she's directing this, it's almost on purpose. Well, I mean, so you then can... you got to explore like why, why did she choose to make the like sex slave ethereal, but then like have him start try to kill himself in the pool, in the water with like rocks and like all these things. And like, why did she superimpose her over the mother? Like it's starting to invite these like explorations well, that I wouldn't well, expect. Like you, you don't kind of go to that genre of movie for this. So that's why mental illness is beautiful. Well, it's, it, but this movie does not show that mental illness is beautiful at all. I mean, I, I think the, the, the bigger thing is that it, we're seeing her ethereal. And if Emily is right, and if Michaela was saying the same thing, if we're seeing everything a hundred percent through his point of view, then he's an untrustworthy narrator. Which you could already guess because he has severe PTSD, which is very obvious. So maybe this girl isn't very ethereal. Maybe she is brutalized and horrible. But well, that's the only viewpoint we get because again, there's since, no B story. It, but I'm fine with that. I don't need a B story in a movie. Like if you're, well, if I'm it's going to be trim hour twenty eight movie, I don't need a B but story. If you, but if you want us to to say that there's some other thing going on here, we're not shown that. But that's you have to make the leap on your own. I mean, that's that's what these movies, especially with Lynn Ramsey, that's what she does. You have to fill in the blanks on your own. If you I take filled the movie, out, then I filled in the blanks differently from how you did. Then yeah. that's fine. I mean, that's that's why I like these sorts of movies. That's why they invite such a good like a good conversation because it is a hundred percent on how you saw it and how it engaged with you, and it engaged with you in a way completely different than it did with me, and that's fine. I mean, well, that's I, the, I love that. Like that's. that's now, that's where like the details are fascinating in this. Yeah, because it's like with with something like this that it leaves you so much to kind of reinterpret. Those details are required. Like, like just how yeah. they like they take the hit the shot of the the gruesome killer hitman, that glorious. Like when they usually when those characters take their shirts off, that's pretty glorious. And this is just ugly, ugly. Yeah, and he's got he's, he's got, got a weird belly. He's got ugly scars. The all scars over. aren't pretty. Like, if, and you start thinking about these uh, the these killer genre movies where like everyone's scars are pretty and they're like, what is, what is this trying to do? And he's, he's just getting re- reverting more back to that childhood state as the movie goes on. So I was like, is this like an emotional Benjamin button thing going on? <laughs> like there's, it, it invited a lot more thought than I was expecting. And it, it took, it's been taking me a while, a while to appreciate it more as I think about it. And it's just those smaller details those specifics that really kind of cloud the, or color the um, overall experience. Kyle, what about you? You've been a little quiet. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't think this movie, like, when you just consider like the sadness angle, like mm-hmm. it's just wallowing in sadness. Why, why do we even live? All that kind of stuff. That stuff just doesn't really hit me at mm-hmm. all. So when I watched it, it was like, okay, I've, I've, I've just liked sort of the more technical stuff about it. Like I liked, I liked how they, you know, peppered in the little like subtleties in the way that the story was told. I liked um, the performances from people specifically. Um, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, I've kind of always enjoyed when I've seen him in things. Um, but then, you know, when the movie ended, it was like, okay, so you're going to go off with this girl somewhere, I guess. You know, and I didn't really, it just didn't really hit me in any significant way what do you think given what we were given in the movie what do you guys think he did with the girl after this um, just based on what we have context clues gave her 20 bucks and sent her out on her own that's yeah. what I'm yeah that's I think he I ditched her like yeah. he would just give her probably whatever money he had yeah. and just kind of be like see ya I think yeah. maybe she ditched him 
Yeah, or she did either, or she ditched e- him. Yeah, yeah. either They're way, definitely yeah. not going to run off into the sunset together. Yeah, absolutely no. not. No, no, like, no, absolutely not. And like, I, I think this same script could have been done. We could have had a new version of the professional. We could have had a new version of Taxi Driver. We could have had a new John Wick. Like, there's so many different ways you could have done it. And then I think in most of those versions, I mean, even you look like back at Taxi Driver, which there's a shit ton of comparisons to this movie. Yeah. Um, he ends up saving Jodie Foster and they become pen pals and it's like it's all well and good in the end and this one is not that movie at all. Yeah. I think after that diner if they're together 24 hours after that I'd be kind of surprised. Whereas I feel like Travis and I forget Jodie Foster's name in the movie but I feel like they would have been in touch pretty much the rest of her life. Whereas I, I don't see it in this one and I think it's mostly because of Joaquin Phoenix. He's kind of a shitbag. Like he's mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily his fault he had a really rough oh. go of things but he didn't do any of the work on the back end of getting back of getting healthy, which necessarily isn't his responsibility. Somebody should be helping with that, but but that's your responsibility. It's like you're not responsible for your trauma, but you're always responsible for your own healing. Yeah, exactly. You and, know, and so he, you do have to do the groundwork. And he showed no interest in getting better. Exactly. He shows none. He just he's like, I'm gonna move along. I'll take care eat of my mom. My jelly beans. Yeah, I'll eat my jelly beans and I'll take care of my mom. And then his mom dies and it's like, all right, well, I'll eat my jelly beans and I'll take care of this girl for a little while. And it's just like, he's just moving along until he's out mm-hmm. of things it's to take saying, care of. He needs the women around him to be his emotional support. Exactly. I, but I don't think it was necessarily, I think it just happened to be women in both scenarios. That, I think if he was saving a boy, it would have been the same. No, I think when, I think when a director makes that choice, that is that, and it was a female director. She yeah. did it so on she, purpose. Yeah, there's a reason. She knew yeah, what yeah, she yeah, was doing. Yeah. And the only women you saw throughout this movie were women he was saving and emotionally connecting himself to. So it's like I do. I think that was. Yeah, a no, you're right. Choice. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but speaking technically of the movie, like it, it's it's interesting. Like uh, John and I were talking on the way down. Uh, I did not do this intentionally. I swear. Last week or last two episodes, I kind of did. This week, I didn't. I made kind of weird companion movies when you I really picked. Did. Yeah, and I, it was not my intention at all. I I knew nothing about this movie. I just kind of threw it out there, and I knew nothing about Thoroughbreds from next week. I just knew it was Anton Yelchin's last movie, and I wanted to see it because I like Anton Yelchin. Um, but it's weird because they both have a very distinct style, like both of them. And now it's it's very down to the music choice and the music yeah, timber. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's. And the camera work. Yeah, they're very, and it's, it's you have a very seasoned director with Lynn Ramsey, and then you have a brand new director with the other one, and it, it's interesting watching them kind of back to back with each other, but it, it's, it's weird that like, say for example, Emily liked the next one, and I didn't like this one, or the other way around, um, and. and I loved the camera work in this movie. I thought it was good. I thought it was a little showy, but I also thought that was kind of because it's trying to be emotional. So when you're trying to be emotional, it made more sense to me that every shot needed to be a little bit we're showing emotion. I, I didn't just like the camera work. It was very skillful camera work. I sure, just, yeah. There was too much of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. It's yeah. It just it didn't work for you 100 percent of the time. Yeah. Um, I just wish every now and then they would just let us rest and not constantly have every shot be something dramatic. You know. And I think if they did that, you'd lose the through line of this is all his emotion. It's a hundred percent his point of view at all times. If we took a step back and started making it like a legit film, we leave that behind. And I don't, and I don't want to give it the excuse of like it was on purpose, but I, I think not enough filmmakers wield our agitation against us a little bit in these movies, and I think that helps with this. Yeah, because I don't know, like that that was an enhancer, and in, in a weird, weird way, like you're like I don't like this part, I don't like what I'm seeing. But why? Like I don't know. Like, I felt like that was a part of the whole package. Maybe that's part of my issue is that this movie because she is... she did that with we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, he was like it's a school shooting movie. Yeah. But it's so it's so and it's so against every choice that you would expect in that thing. And you're kind of in an uncomfortable place watching it. You're kind of agitated. You don't 
the choices you come up on choices you don't agree with. And I'm always fascinated by movies that do that so specifically and on purpose. And I, she even did that back with like Ratcatcher. Like she does things specifically to kind of irk her audience well, a little I, bit. And I think that's it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Um, I, I think one of my issues is that is that, that we don't get a break from the creative camera work. We don't get a break from him being sad all the time. We don't get a break from anything. So the entire movie is kind of, it felt like it just dragged on to me because it was the same thing over and over again and then something would change but nothing would change. It, it, and so I kind of wanted the movie to go places, you know, and I mean, with Gone Baby Gone, which is similar, you have a, you know, have a like guy with some issues who's searching for a girl. There are twists in that movie. There are things that change and you you change your perspective and you go oh my god wow this isn't what i thought it was uh, you know man on fire we have uh you know denzel washington there's so many movies that have the same plot there's a lot of them yeah but you're and, picking the the big glitzy right yeah like but, that's not but, what this was trying to be at all i know yeah. and i don't like what this is trying to be. <laughs> and I, I think i think actually i think the what you everything you just said is the point of the movie yeah and i don't I like think, it <laughs> that's and that's fine that's yeah. fine yeah. That that's but it, not but it is interesting to watch because yeah. when you watch a lot of movies in this genre or any movies that have like extended action scenes or extended like style, there's like a fatigue that sets in mm-hmm. where like mm-hmm. those those breaks that you get are kind of needed because of that. Mm-hmm. And so like it's, it's like what's the flip of that where it's like you take out all the the plot of the the all the B stuff, all the stuff that like we just get a lot of in these movies that we've already seen those same beats. What's left? The emotion. Well, that emotion is hard to deal with and it's agitating and you hate it. It's gonna give give you things you don't like. And then just exploring that and taking out all that style, like all that like those things that kind of make it a little bit more palatable, a little bit more tasty, mm-hmm. is a weird, I, interesting choice, I think. Yeah. I guess I don't always think that because something is artistic and uh, hard to watch that it's necessarily good. <laughs> yeah, and, and I kind of wrestle with that, too, because I yeah. hate that art for art's sake kind yeah. of artifice. But like, or like comparing it to like a Band of Outsiders, mm-hmm. uh, there's that comparison where it's like, the, it's a crime film that's poor. It's a, it's a bad crime film, but it is a crime film. They spend the whole movie not doing the crime, and at the end they fail at the crime. And it's interesting. But like, I don't know, it's like this weird, like it dances this line on a, like that artistic without going over to like, snob, I'm losing, I don't, I'm losing the word snobbish. Well, it, like it, it's, it, it's, it feels it's, like it's a balance. You kind of put it earlier, it's kind of an anti-genre film. And I, I, I'm just taking a guess here. I don't think you're a big fan. Emily is a big fan of anti-genre films. Like I go back to Free Fire, which is Free Fire, just, yeah. Totally anti-genre. Here's a heist movie. We're gonna do a yeah, heist. You guys kind of talked me into liking that movie more than I, I did when I first saw I, it. I really like this movie. I think Free Fire is better. Um, what have we missed in this thing? Like, uh, I just want to make a comment about the Joaquin Phoenix in general because yeah. I would say that I also went into this movie with kind of a negative. I mean, I don't think I would have liked it anyway, but right. I I have a very negative feeling about Joaquin Phoenix because on I don't know if people know about this, but on I'm Still Here, uh, the do- the fake documentary yeah. he did with Casey Casey Affleck was. Uh, abusive to the women on that set and he sexually harassed several of them and borderline assaulted and Joaquin Phoenix was present for a lot of those events and did and said nothing and he participated in a few of them but but everyone goes after Casey Affleck for that and no one says anything about Joaquin Phoenix so I wanted to make the point anytime I see Joaquin Phoenix in something I'm automatically especially if I watch him being a douchebag I am automatically like so I already had that kind of going in uh, is there anything that we have blatantly missed in this movie? I know there is a discussion of a hammer that right. somebody wanted oh, to bring so, up. Yeah. Let me oh, yeah. bring up this hammer. So when we first started watching this movie and I saw him grab that ballpoint hammer, I was like, that's for murder. Because I just, as a person who listens to a lot of murder mysteries and has a lot of questions, 
what is a ballpoint hammer used for besides murder? I've never heard of it used for construction. I've watched a lot of like how-to videos. I've never heard anybody say, oh, get your ballpoint hammer and just fucking <laughs> drill a hole into your wall. If you want the hammer that's got the thing that can pull out the nails exactly. for where you inevitably it's, screw it's, up like me. It is a ballpoint. Like it is for cracking skulls. And it's like the most, like they should have a registry. It should be like buying a gun, buying a ballpoint hammer because it's everyone's murder of choice when they're killing their wives. It's all of these horrible like burglars murders of choice and Joaquin Phoenix's. Also, if you look at the, the purchase history I'm assuming it like, I, I can only yeah. guess it's bought in tandem with duct tape yes. always in tandem with duct tape like, right and, or rope it's always yeah. like or gasoline like like those items are never put together for constructive purposes and all I'm saying is like when you, when you go to like the, ph- the pharmacy to get Sudafed mm-hmm. you have to sign your name for things and like well, if you buy things in the order of duct tape ballpoint hammer rope and possibly gasoline I feel like you should write your name and address down somewhere I, on I do want to point out just because I don't want us to get angry letters it's, it's ballpoin hammer ball peen. oh ball peen okay. yes so when people yes. be like how dare you don't even know what it's called like yes. defenders of the ball and, peen hammer and out you know there. they'll come out and they'll, be like, <laughs> and they'll be like i have used it to build a birdhouse once and you're like how how did you use it what how can you send me a video like i'm so confused are you operating at like 20 dexterity because i i tried, I tried so hard <laughs> is it for like Putting a round dent in a wall. Yeah, that's is what that... I'm saying. But why next you... to your nail? <laughs> like, why do you need to put a ball-sized hole in the wall? This is. I really for... wish Chewy was on the show. Really? I guarantee you, she knows exactly. She probably what it's does. For. does. Chewy, yeah. please write in and explain to yeah. us what this hammer. Next does. week, you'll Besides have an answer. Besides murder, <laughs> she's gonna send us a letter that says you can kill the following people. Oh, guys, this is a good question for Samwise. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What the, the fuck is this hammer for? Oh my God! That's the best crossover. We do. We'll write this down. I also have Saruman had a ball peen hammer. Oh, did he? Oh no. I also have an issue with his jelly bean jelly bean eating. I just feel like who really likes jelly beans like that? Who's no who honestly likes jelly the beans? The murderer, murder, Ronald Reagan, which I think proves to you that jelly beans, when you consume them and you enjoy them, you're probably a murderer or at least an accomplice to murder. I was about to say I like them. I'm really glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> But is it your favorite candy? Oh, absolutely not. Exactly, because yeah. you're not a murderer. <laughs> well, we don't know. Do you have a ball peen hammer? I don't have any tools. Exactly. But then but we Chewy know you're does. Safe. So you Chewy have has tools a lot of in your tools. home. I don't know how to use them. Okay. When it comes to hammering things, hammering a simple nail into a wall. We've been calling it wrong the whole episode. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I, I talked to Chewy. Exactly. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. Yes. Um, I think it's time for quotes, question mark. If you have one, I there would be impressed. There weren't a whole lot impressed. of lines in this movie. Uh, I honestly don't have one, and I'm going to say that's okay. Because I was I was keeping an ear out the whole fucking time going, there's got to be something quote-wise in yeah, this. This wasn't a very, it wasn't this exactly is, guys, I, just, yeah. I believe he says at one point, I found a green one and smushes it in okay. reference to his jelly Can green. I just, can go. I reference some of my notes here? <laughs> I just, what is happening? Uh, inserts the movie. What is the fucking plot of this movie? Uh, okay, I'm gonna skip that because that's really long. Um, fuck you, Brian. <laughs> Those are um, quotes. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> most importantly. Uh, I was confused for a minute whether or not his name was Joe or Gerald. Um, yeah, yeah, that was real. Uh, uh, Gerald. How is he finding people? Like, isn't he a detective? He just like seems to just show up and know where everybody is. Um. That's the anti-genre part of this I movie, guess. where you just skip over the part that we would see in every other genre yeah, film. Yeah, I guess. He's got it's the grief that, porn, <laughs> uh, for fuck's sake. Those are the things I said. Um, okay, but but I did have a quote. Uh, I liked when he was uh, waiting for his drugs, and the guy came out, and he was mad, and he just goes, don't ever make me wait. 
and punch him. You did punch him in the face. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Anybody else have a quote? Not a quote, but the the aforementioned uh, holding the FBI's hand as he died. I thought that was such a weird moment, but like he was holding his hand, and it stood out. It it definitely did stand out. Yeah. Um. All right. Review system for this one, I, I think, is going to be a little rough. But I'm going yeah. with any movie that you personally would consider a character study. Oh. Yeah. I hate like all of those. I know. <laughs> we we disagree on a lot of things, Emily. <sighs> Listen to our past episodes. You hear Emily and I agree. There might be one in there. Terminator 2. Terminator 2. 100% yeah, in sync yeah, on that one. Absolutely. If it wasn't for that one, who knows how long we'd be friends. <laughs> I'm going to go with the obvious one, and I apologize if it's anybody else's. I'm going with Taxi Driver because it's very obviously comparable, um, almost to a fault, but I think it works. I'll go with, um, we need to talk about Kevin to kind of cheat it a little bit, only because it is so much exact, like it's, it, it just they swap the genre to school shooting, and you've got Tilda Swinton being doing that same thing. It is a good movie. Fucking grinding to watch though. Oh, it's a it's a it's a horrible watch, but I loved it. <laughs> See, I don't want to make myself more depressed. That doesn't sound fun to me. Anybody else have one? <laughs> yeah, the only thing I can compare it to is like Hard Candy a little bit, okay. but still very different, you yeah. know. But if you talk about like artsy, only one point of view, only sure. kind of knowing, you know, making specific camera choices, I yeah. will give it that. And I'll watch anything with Patrick Wilson in it. Mm-hmm. Love me some Patrick Wilson. I I don't even know what to compare this movie. Like honestly, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Like this movie, I watched it and I basically. Like, I think we watched an episode of Bob's Burgers or something like <laughs> after. Because mm-hmm. I it, needed to be happy. <laughs> and it was just like I was just watching Bob's Burgers after that. Like, it, it, like So it, you're comparing it to Bob's Burgers? <laughs> <laughs> it's depressing how funny that is. Joaquin Phoenix yeah. and Bob. I love it. This, mo- this, this movie was almost exactly like Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's Burgers fan. I would like to see a Bob's Burgers movie. episode done. Oh in my the god, style remake of this? Of this? <laughs> yes. God, who, Bob, who would, would Louise be? <laughs> oh boy. Did you have one, Emily? Did you go? Uh, I'm gonna go with There Will Be Blood. Okay. Oh, um, okay. I like There Will Be Blood. Yeah. I didn't. I actually didn't like There Will Be Blood, but I liked it more than I liked this movie. Um, I was about to go. Oh, there's one we agree on. Oh, yeah, no, she didn't nah, like it. I didn't enjoy it, but I like some moments in it, sure. uh, and I like the big drink it up, you know, thing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, but also, he was a very unlikable person, as was Joaquin Phoenix in this movie, and uh, very angry, you know. And uh, it's a very uh, uh, artsy. Can I bring up something There Will Be Blood in this movie have in common? Mm, is sure. the milkshakes. But in There oh. Will Be Blood, the milkshakes look delicious. Yeah. In this movie, the milkshakes, I don't I don't understand how you can be pay so much attention to detail and make the world's most disgusting looking milkshakes. Anti-genre down to the food choice. Like, yeah. I cannot get over it. They look so bad, guys. The chocolate doesn't look like chocolate. It looks like poo-poo. It's like the vanilla looks like a weird poo-poo. Nesquik disaster. Like, But like There Will Be Blood, that milkshake looked tasty. I, wonder, I drank that milkshake. Well, I here's wonder, the thing. I can defend this. The movie's about sadness. What's sadder than a bad milkshake? Right? <laughs> so well, sad. I was about to say, I wonder if the art department like made the milkshakes and then they spent way too long like setting it. They had that to stop and set up the yeah. shot. Yeah. And then the art department was like, can we please reset the milkshakes? And Lynn Shelton was like, fuck it. It's just fine. Let's go. And the and art department was like, no, but please. And yeah. someone somewhere is going to notice. That's, and I'm that someone. That's most likely what happened. But I'm going to assume it was a choice. Okay. <laughs> the worst choice she could have made. Yeah. 
that the ru- whole that movie. Ru- the movie that was actually ruined you know the movie. I liked the me. movie until that. Until the you disgusting liar. milkshakes. <laughs> Fuck you, Brian. Was waiting Ray before the milkshakes. It was. It was about five minutes in. It does add to the sadness that they're sitting together after all this, and they get the worst milkshake. Wait, Wait can we talk what? about how they got three milkshakes? There are they two. Did? Yes, they got vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. So it was like they both had their own and were splitting one, but they were all kind of full and disgusting and level. I would not want to f- split a milkshake with Joaquin. The other ones Neither for, would I. The other one's for his dead mother. Oh. He had to pour one out. Yeah. She liked chocolate, I guess. Interesting but, point to the, the whole milk, milkshake thing. The blood looked more like a milkshake than the milkshake did. Yeah. yeah. When that, when that thing was like cascading down, I was like, that looks like a red milkshake. Yeah. All right, let's do a round of plugs and say goodbye. So for me, as always, listen to Venture Bros, Venture Brothers podcast, where we are now on season three. Uh, and I am so excited to talk about it because there are so many ups and downs throughout season three. But we just had uh, one of my favorite episodes of all time come out, or it's coming out next week. I'm really bad at calendars in my head. So, either way, Buddy System is coming out soon, which is my favorite, all time favorite episode of Venture Brothers. And I'm so excited to talk about it. We should, we should pimp uh, Sam's podcast, uh, Samwise. Yes. That's pretty good. Yes. Uh, it's really good. Um, it is a great show. She is crushing it week to week. Yeah. Uh, I get to listen to them a little bit before everybody else. Ha! Um, and yeah, every week it pops up in my inbox from my QC. I'm like, ah, this is good shit. She's mm-hmm. knocking out of the park. And another big shout out to Bradley Parsons, who's done music for both this show, Venture Brothers, and her show. That guy did a great job. Good. Uh, yeah, work. I actually listened to the episodes that I missed, and I was like, oh, music. Yeah. It's like music, and it's pretty good. Yeah, Bra- Bradley did a really good job. Yeah. So thanks again to Bradley Parsons for his music of choice. So good. Can't praise it enough. We also have articles on our site, athpod.com, and we have a, a few good ones up to, uh, this past week. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah, really another, excited. Another shout out to Matt Dykes, who's been writing up a storm for us. Uh, I just learned this week he's from England. Mm. <laughs> I, I learned that too as, a, as I was looking up this convention. I was like, where is this? Yeah, we were just chatting, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, since I'm across the pond, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> wow, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they had a, recently a, a V, the miniseries, like, 30-year, like, retrospective of the thing. And yeah, if you've it, ever been interested in that show, that article's fantastic. It is a, really it's a good article. It down. And there's a lot of conversation going on there, too, still, so. Yeah. Uh, anything to plug? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Champagne Calcite. That's Champagne like the drink, Calcite like the snow. Also, Twitter at Black and Petty, but N, not A and D, like the letter N, mm-hmm. Black and Petty. I also like to live tweet my feelings to shows as I binge watch them. That's my favorite thing. I'm going to follow you right yes, now. Yes, <laughs> and I will I will do it all in one thread, and it will be whatever miscellaneous terrible show. Also, you're very considerate you Twitter accept, user. Yes. Do you accept requests for shows to watch? Of course I do. Awesome. Uh, so... So my plug is um, if you for all the video game players out there, I'm working on a game called The Adventures of Chris that will be coming out sometime next year. Um, Where you can find it um, at theadventuresofchris.com. Actually, not drop the the just <laughs> adventuresofchris.com. Okay. We're also on Steam. If you want to add the game to your wish list on Steam, it'll be available on PC and Mac. Oh, so you have like a preview page on Steam, kind of like a yeah. Okay, exactly, cool. Exactly. So you can see the you can see what the game looks like. You can see what it's about. Uh, it's been a ton of fun working on it. It's a ton of fun to play. What uh, what, like one sentence? What is it like genre um, gameplay it's, wise? It's uh, it's like an action adventure platformer. Okay. It's if you if you grew up playing Mega Man X, uh, oh, yeah. you you will you will be into this game. 
I didn't grow up playing Mad Men X. I played it for a month and shattered my controller. I've, I've played. played I, I've, <laughs> I played. I played I through X. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so if, if you if you like being frustrated while playing video games. <laughs> I'm not sure if you want this coming down. Like now, I know who to blame when I get mad at a game. That's not good for you. No, it's a, it's a it's a ton, it's a ton of fun. It's it is it is challenging. Um, as you know, Cuphead is this is also a 2D animated game. So awesome. Cuphead. Nice. So if you're into that type of thing, we're kind of in that up to a point. Game. Yeah. So in the same place. Oh, you're gonna get so many angry emails from me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I happy, know who to happy, be mad at. Happy. But you'll but you'll be so satisfied when you finally beat the level. You say that like I'll beat the level. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, thank you guys very much for joining us this week. Uh, I hope people out there either enjoyed or hated this movie as much as we did. It was fun to talk about. Don't at me, bro. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.